All right, if you turn in your Bibles, please, to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, if you'll recall, we're looking at the first... Um, about the first four verses there that we're looking at. We're looking at these uh, and taking a little bit of time. I know it's, I know we spent quite a bit of time just here on the opening of chapter 5, but what we're doing is understanding uh, uh, Paul is going to make some very uh, serious points in this chapter. Um, because what he's doing is, is essentially he spent the first four chapters of this letter, of course he wasn't writing them in chapters, but he spent the first, everything that we've covered so far is, is him explaining the differences and what they have learned about the gospel uh, verses and compared to what they are now being influenced by another group of people, essentially, or uh, or they are hearing false teaching and false doctrine. And he, what he's doing is he's he has spent all this time comparing and contrasting the two uh, the two doctrines, one being the truth and the other one, of course, being false. In chapter five, he is going to expound on the consequences. Uh, if they do not choose correctly uh, as it uh, pertains to who they listen to and what they're influenced by, okay? And so it's uh, it's um, important and it's uh, appropriate that we take our time and understand exactly what he's saying. <clears throat> Chapter 5, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Verse 2, Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Now, you'll recall that all of this, all these things that they're being influenced by, all of these uh, teachings that they're hearing kind of it, it sort of culminates in this idea of them being obedient to to circumcision. Okay, <clears throat> that he is under obligation uh, to keep the whole law. And I, well, in verse three, I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. And what he means is, is that. If you are going to receive this teaching that you're hearing, if you are going to be obedient to this idea of circumcision for spiritual reasons, for the purposes of your relationship with God, if that's why you're doing it, if that's your motivation, if that's what you're believing, if that's how you're being influenced, then Jesus Christ is going to be of no benefit to you. Okay. Now we talked about last week how we can find recorded in the book of Acts that Paul himself took and circumcised some Gentiles so that he might gain entree into uh, a community of Hebrew people so that he could preach the gospel. It had nothing to do with those people's spiritual relationship with God. What he's talking about here is this idea that these people are coming to believe that if they are not circumcised, if they do not receive this 
symbol in the flesh that they are they don't have any part with Christ. Okay? And that's wrong. In fact, what he's saying is, is if you do this for spiritual reasons, if you do this for your relationship with God, you are bound to the whole law. Okay? You can't just stop there. Right. And we're we're going to talk about that in just a second. But if if you do this, you're bound to the whole law. In other words, um, if, if this is going to be your spiritual connection to God, then you better keep the whole law. You better keep it perfectly. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to have a relationship with God. Um, verse 4, you have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Excuse me. Now we've we've looked at this uh, and talked about what Paul means by standing fast. And there's two points he makes about that. Number one, to stand firm in the faith. Uh, this well, there's two points to be made about them remaining in their relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Okay? That freedom that Paul talks about there in verse 1. He reminds them that you're already free. You've already been set free. And there's two ways that that freedom is maintained, he points out. Number one, that's by standing fast, and we've talked about that, what that means to stand fast. And second of all, the way that freedom is maintained is through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. And last, well, we concluded last week that that sanctification of the Holy Spirit, that um, the activity of that indwelling Spirit that we receive is manifest in our struggle with the flesh. Okay? As the, act, the activity of the Holy Spirit is in our life, we grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we grow in the knowledge of His grace, and we develop that repulsion to sin and the works of the flesh. Now, it does not mean that we don't sin, but what it means is, is that our, the Spirit is at war with our flesh. Okay, and that attitude of uh, being repulsed by sin—that is the work of the Holy Spirit, and that is precisely what He means when He talks about sanctification of the Holy Spirit. First Peter chapter one, starting in verse one and verse two, Peter writes, "Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia." who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. In other words, what that means is God chooses those people who are holy. That's what sanctification means. Sanctification means being holy and being set apart. And when God sees people that are different, and according to His will, He chooses those people to be His people. Okay? And He has determined all that 
beforehand. In other words, when we when when we talked about when we talk about the predetermination in the mind of God, He has decided beforehand that those people who look like Jesus Christ, His Son, He is going to choose those to be His people. All the whole idea about uh, predetermination and all that. When the Bible talks about predetermination, we're it's talking about what the decision that God made beforehand. It, it has nothing to do with the idea that, that Cully's going to be saved and Wayne's not. Okay? When, when the New Testament talks about predetermination, it's talking about God's mind already being made up. That anyone who receives the likeness of Jesus Christ, he is going to save and receive as his holy people. Does that make sense? That's all that means. But much is made of it, and, and, and great theological discussions are had about this idea of predetermination. And, and uh, you're, go- you're going to see, not only here in chapter, Galatians chapter 5, predetermination being a major tenet of the, 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 thought, the Calvinistic school of thought, also, that you know, once you're saved, you're always saved. These are all ideas. These are all tenets of Calvinism, and he's and Paul's fixing to poke a hole in all of that right here in chapter five. Okay. Now <clears throat> we're looking at what Paul is saying here in these first few verses of chapter five, and then looking at the rest of the New Testament and how the rest of the New Testament interprets everything that Paul is saying precisely in accordance. Uh, There's no distinction. It's all in agreement. First Peter 1 and 2, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. So, we maintain, as, as Christians, whether it's these folks here in Galatia or, or us here today in the 21st century, we maintain our freedom that we enjoy in our relationship with God by standing fast, remaining faithful, and by the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And in a nutshell, that is our struggle with sin as we can, as we continue to mortify the members of the flesh in our in, in our in our body. And what that means, Wharton writes in his book. He says he's not talking about perfect obedience, but an obedient lifestyle. <clears throat> and a continual struggle against sin and self. Accordingly, the Scripture says, in Revelations chapter 2, starting in verse 10, be faithful unto death. Who's, now, who's saying this? In Revelations, this is Jesus. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. In other words, don't stop. Keep going. Okay? That's not a one and done. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. So what is uh, what is implied with this 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 statement of you're going to have to overcome? There's going to be some struggle, isn't isn't there? So that our the liberty, the freedom that we enjoy from God and Jesus Christ, we've already said that part of that is maintained through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. In other words, there is an ongoing struggle with the flesh. Would you agree with that? Uh, Back in Galatians chapter 5, he says, Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. We've talked about that at length. That any... Any uh, attempt at a spiritual connection with God that is outside of Christ is slavery. It doesn't matter if you are the Hebrew coming out of the religion of Judaism or obedience to the law of Moses, or if you are a Gentile pagan uh, that has been brought up in you know in idolatry. Any of these. Attempts at a spiritual connection with God that is outside of Jesus Christ is being in slavery, being enslaved. <clears throat> okay? And, and the, the third point to be made about that is there is no freedom from the law of sin and death which predates the law of Moses. There's no freedom from the law of sin and death outside of Christ. Because the whole world is under the law of sin and death and has been since the garden. Okay? And only Jesus solved all of those problems. Okay? That's precisely why it says that God loved the whole world that he sent his only begotten son. He sent Jesus for the whole world because the whole world, Jew and Gentile, was, were under the law of sin and death. Okay? <clears throat> now look at that last part. He says, or, or he says, if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Christ will be of no benefit to you. The benefit in Christ is what? What is that benefit he's talking about? He's talking about being set free from the law of sin and death. Okay? Which, in fact, is your two biggest problems, by the way. And mine and everybody else's. Problem number one is that you are a sinner and your sin separates you from God. Read the book of Isaiah when you have a month or a day or two. Your other problem is is that you're going to die. And I'm going to die. And we're all going to face physical death. But Jesus has set us free. He has liberated us from all of these things. Okay? He solved our sin problem by becoming sin for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And, he saw, and God saved our death problem... 
by bringing Jesus back to life, resurrecting him. And really, if we thought about it, if we spent enough time thinking about it, how, how, and I don't have a better, I don't have a better way to phrase this. How easy was it for God to raise Jesus up out of the grave, out of the tomb? When Jesus in John chapter 11 stood outside the tomb of Lazarus, what did he say? He just said it. Lazarus, come forth. Just get up and come out of there. Go ahead. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to assume something. But I'm just going to assume something based on my own train of thought, okay? I'm not presuming to necessarily know the mind of God and all that. I am going to... If, if it were me, this is what I mean. The hardest thing to do would to be to abandon your child and that great time of suffering, death, huh? Yeah, separation. I am going to say that I think, and I try to avoid saying stuff like that. If it were me, that would be the hardest. But I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to raise him from the dead either. So all the power and glory of God resides in the person of Jesus Christ. Yes. So in John chapter eleven, when he stood outside the tomb of Lazarus and he said, "Lazarus, come out of there." He just did it. He just said it. And I say all that to say that God taking care of our two biggest problems, it demonstrates the, the huge disconnect between the ability that we have and the ability that God has. We can't fix our sin problem, can we? We can't fix our death problem either. But God did. And when he when the scriptures talk about the demonstration of God's power in the work and person of Jesus Christ, we should 
come to understand that that power is great and awesome indeed. Okay? So when he, all that being said, when you go back to Galatians chapter 5 and he says that Christ will be no benefit to you, what is he telling them? If this is the way we, if this is chiefly the way that we benefit from Jesus Christ, and then he says that Christ will be a no benefit to you, what are they losing? They're, they are, you've got, you're in a situation right now where your two biggest problems are being handled. They're taken care of. But he's saying you are in danger of losing that benefit. In other words, you're fixing to have a sin problem again and you're fixing to have a death problem again. Would you agree with that? I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Christ is no benefit if one tries to enter the household or the family of God another way. There is no other entrance. Now keep in mind that these people, the Judaizers and the Gentiles, these Galatian Gentiles who are listening to them, they are trying to engage in some type of spiritual activity, yes? They are being told that if you are not circumcised, that you are not in the family of God. You are outside of Christ. Paul's saying you're already in Christ. Remember what he said in chapter 3? For all of you are sons of God by faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. You have already been clothed with Christ, he says. But these folks are being told, no, no, that's not true because you haven't been circumcised yet. So they are engaged or they are attempting to engage or they're being influenced to engage in some type of spiritual activity here. Yes? It's not like they're being influenced to go out and rob somebody or, or go out and, 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 and uh, you, know, you know, physically assault someone or to go out and, and, and do whatever bad thing you can think of. They're, they're being told to do something spiritual, Sam. Isn't that a good thing? Are you see you see where I'm going with this? If it has the appearance of spirituality, if it has the appearance of religion, it must be good. Right, Dale? But what Paul's telling them, if, if, you, if you go ahead with this, Christ is going to be of no benefit to you. Uh, listen to this. The gospel message 
is that salvation is by God's grace through our faith in Christ. If the sinner places his faith in the wrong person or thing, he cannot by that means have access to God's saving grace. Only Christ is our access to God, and He becomes our access only when we place our faith in Him. In Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 18, For through Him we both have our access in one Spirit to the Father. Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So understand what, what's, taking, what's going on here. Paul's saying you're already in Christ, okay? You already have access to God. Christ is your access, okay? There, there's nothing else. There's no other way. There's no other entrance except through, through Christ and the obedience of faith. <clears throat> Now understand that when he says this, in verse 3, he says, I testify to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. In other words, go ahead and be circumcised if you think you can keep the whole law. Because that's if you are if you are coming to God through this. Circumcision, in other words, if you are placing a spiritual importance or a spiritual connection to God through your circumcision, uh, you better get to studying because you got you got a lot of wood to chop here. Okay? And so far, there's only been one person that's done that. And that's precisely why he is the atonement for your sins. Okay. Does that make sense? In fact, uh, with regard to that, in Romans chapter ten, uh, Paul uh, Paul deals with this this point precisely. He's he's talking to the Romans, and he's talking about his heritage, where he has come from. He's talking about his kith and kin, as it were. Okay? And he loves them. He has an affection for them. He has. He even has a sense of, uh, you might characterize it as patriotism. Okay? And he writes to the Romans in, in Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 1. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them, this, he's talking about the Hebrew people, is for their salvation. 
For I testify, listen carefully, listen carefully to verse 2, Romans chapter 10 and verse 2. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God. But not in accordance with knowledge. Do you know anybody who has a zeal for God but not in accordance with the truth? For, I te- uh, uh, for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. And where does the righteousness of God exist? In the person and the work of Jesus Christ. For Christ, listen carefully, verse 4, Romans chapter 10 and verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. He's the end of it. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. In other words, you're just placing yourself back in the balance scale and and seeing how you weigh out. And it's not going to turn out good for you. Okay? We'll we'll pick up there next time. Yes, sir.